Hello, everyone. I'm Contest of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Not too bad for a Monday night. Uh, I was we were talking a little before we went on the air, and uh, literally, I when I scheduled this podcast, they hadn't announced anything for the show, so I had to say, I don't know what we're gonna be talking about. At that point, they already had set up the the main story for the show being that Bobby Lashley would have a shot to earn uh, his way into the WWE title match for day one. So that was very much the theme of the night. Uh, but otherwise, it was very much a wait and see kind of night because we had no, we had no idea what to expect here. Uh, but right, right off the bat, Steve Chambers saying Raw actually better than last week. Um, I mean, I feel, I feel like it was kind of on par. <laughs> you know, I, I there were things I liked. There were things I didn't like. We'll talk all about that. Before we do, just want to remind you all, uh, this show, like everything we do here, is available on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So leave a like and subscribe. So, John, we're sitting here as we record. It is December 13th, just a few weeks away from the day one pay-per-view. Obviously, you would, you would hope that uh, the show would build up that, that card and, and maybe, uh, you know, Quite literally, you know, hopefully add some matches or or just, um, you know, le- le- do something to lead to it. And DJ saying, as we called it last week a little bit, although uncertainly, that's like we, we guaranteed it. But DJ pointed out that we had talked about last week the the possibility that Bobby Lashley would get added to the, the title match at day one. And we might as well start off there because that is where... Uh, the, the kind of whole, again, the, the whole show was kind of built around that. And in the end, that's exactly what happened. So basically, the show starts about Bill Ashley saying, as you would expect, as we kind of thought last week, that he attacked everybody uh, to hopefully begin to earn his way into that title match. And he, he, he and he flat out said, I want to be in a title match. Uh, and then basically, Kevin Owens, Big E, Seth Rollins said, now nobody wants to do a title match, get out of here. But Adam Pierce, son of Villa, thought it was a great idea. But they're going to make him earn it. How are they going to make him earn it? He was going to have to beat Rollins, Biggie, and Kevin Owens in three separate singles matches in the same night. Now, on paper, John, this sounds like a really cool idea, right? It's three really good matches between three great stars. But you kind of knew they were going to have Lashley win. And then in doing so, you have the champion and his two top challengers lose shenanigans or not. That's not a great look, but it's exactly what happened by the end of the night. We had DQs. We had a Bobby Lashley, uh, Kevin Owens instantaneous submission to get out of the hurt lock before it even got uh, locked in. And in the end, with plenty of more shenanigans, Lashley defeated the WWE champion Biggie. So that being said, John, what do you think about the fact that we do now officially know it will be a fit four match for the title at day one? Uh, I think it's certainly interesting. I think this kind of uh, opens up the possibility of them trying to put these four into a match so they can kind of segregate the Rollins and Big E feud to go into a Royal Rumble. So them doing this will allow Rollins to not actually lose. Uh, It will allow potentially Bobby Lashley to not really lose. Uh, so realistically, it would be potentially Big E pinning Kevin Owens, no blood on the hands of Rollins or, or Lashley. And then we somehow, some way move forward to uh, a Royal Rumble match of some sort. So and I think it's, it's somewhat smart booking if you think about it. I would agree, uh, both in a, in a short term and and long term or longer term comparatively sense. Not to contradict myself from last week because it does feel a little sudden. 
Uh, but I, I guess having this whole show being built around it, I can't complain too much because it made sense in that way. Keith Elliott saying that this, this was a logical setup for Lashley to to win uh, against Big E. That the, was all kind of like pretty obvious in that sense. And I would agree, again, once, once he, especially once he got through the first two matches with plenty of shenanigans, he had to kind of assume he would beat Big E somehow. But lots of comments rolling in. Brian Everett saying he's still rooting for Owens at day one. Owen's definitely the underdog. We've talked about it before with his contract situation, but um, you know, as we talked about before, maybe maybe he'll win. And, and as as kind of like a weird um, ploy or, or attempt to kind of lure him into staying, uh, even with the kind of a short title reign. Herman asking a question that I saw kind of all over the place tonight: uh, Are they trying to make Lashley a tweener or a face? Because like he's getting. Like this is a very much a, a babyface kind of thing. You, oh, you've got to overcome the odds and beat these three top guys to to get a title shot. Uh, and then even when he kind of got screwed out of one of the matches when Owens attacked Rollins to force a DQ, Pierce and Deville helped him. They're like, oh no, we're going to restart the match. It's not going to go down like that. And he instantaneously won. So they kind of helped uh, pave the way for that happening. Um, so I, I I think tweener if anything. Um, but at the same time, but he's he's in this feud with Biggie. Uh, obviously a, a clear-cut baby face so that does kind of uh blur, blur the lines a little bit uh but we mostly it seems like people are pretty happy or on board with with lashley getting added to this match stephen chambers saying he's uh debating changing his prediction for day one from seth Rollins to bobby lashley um i mean i think that's a safe bet my one of my thoughts last week was that they might be going this way to potentially set up the long-awaited dream match of Viva Lashley and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I think that's possible. Uh, not not a lock by any means, but just trying to think about reasons why we're rolling, rolling with this. I, I think that would make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess my money at this point, we talked about it last week as well, but now that we know it's official, John, you mentioned last week, you don't, you don't see Biggie getting uh, uh, go reaching WrestleMania as the champion. And I feel like they they could put the title on Lashley here to kind of roll into WrestleMania with him as a champion once again. But I don't know. As I said last week, they've got options on the table. I'm just I'm having a hard time kind of leaning any which way. Uh, I don't think it would be a bad idea to finally move forward with the Brock versus Lashley thing if they were finally going to do that. Of course, it all depends on what they want to do. We, we heard rumors that it could potentially be Reigns versus Lesnar versus McIntyre so that could be a, a possibility as well that we might see yeah yeah I think that's definitely one of the things that we I uh, think either way it just decides um kind of where do they want Lesnar to be at WrestleMania that that plays the most critical role do they want him to be with Lashley do they want him to continue this thing with Roman since it's worked so many times before uh it just it, it could go either way I really hope you know, of those two, I think we're I've been I've been enjoying uh, Roman and, and Brock, and I, I especially during the, this latest round of it. But it is something we have seen a lot. Whereas Lashley and Lesnar would be a very fresh kind of thing, and to me, just as interesting in many ways, uh, and maybe even more so because it would be something new. So maybe I'm rooting for that at least a little bit. But I'm sure though they'd they'd find many ways to make Reigns and Lesnar even more interesting. DJ with a question saying, do you think before day one we'll see the hashtag Teddy Long special and have Big E team up with Lashley to take on Rollins and Kevin Owens? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what they do. Um, that's going to be the classic can they coexist thing. It's probably going to be those combinations, I would think. Yeah, we, have, we saw Rollins and Kevin Owens kind of work together tonight, even though they've very much been feuding during this build to the, the, the first threat match, now the Theta 4-way. 
but so that quite literally ties in the um kind of like this thing so you asked me do do i think we're going to see it yes do i want to see it no <laughs> but that is very much the the nature of watching raw at least uh in some ways these days what would you agree john i feel like this is very much their 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 pattern and and their recipe at this point absolutely uh, i'm not saying i think they're going to do that but i'm thinking uh, it would make sense if if they were to go that direction yeah yeah and uh if it's not next week maybe the one after that i'm sitting here now we've got two show two more brawls before the pay-per-view so could easily be on the go home show for for some more chaos and shenanigans for the go home or uh, just going to the pay-per-view um <laughs> dj saying uh not seeing that would be great maybe finding some some other um fresh ways to kind of uh to build up this match here would be nice but and, and yeah it, it would but um i feel like more often than not WWE stays with the, the tried and true uh patterns and 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 just you know paths forward uh for for matches like this so i i would be admittedly like surprised if we weren't sitting here next week with one after that talking about more of this can they click this kind of thing but i digress looking forward to some other things here speaking of day one we had uh much like last week, a, a prediction become a reality uh, with Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan officially getting added to the card here in the rematch. Obviously, Becky defeated uh, Liv last week to, uh, to retain the title, uh, admittedly by cheating pretty pretty blatantly. Uh, Becky was bragging about that. Liv Morgan came out and called her out on it and challenged her, challenged her to a rematch for day one. Becky accepted, but she also attacked Liv and, and stopped her arm in some steel steps to kind of sell that to you know further that injury kind of thing. And I, I, I'm going to catch flack for this. I, I know I am, but John, I, I saw your tweet about it, so I feel like we're on the same page. Something about Liv Morgan's promos during this run just aren't really doing it for me. Not, not Liv as a performer or as a person, but more so in, in what she is saying. Uh, with, I, one, one, I saw some tweets tonight with one, someone saying, you know, she criticized Becky for, when, uh, for, for crying after she beat Charlotte at Survivor Series, and then Liv cried last week. She cried uh at some other point and she i guess i think i i may have misheard um the exact line type but basically she was giving herself a pass like crying she's like oh whatever that's not great like that's kind of a logical leap um but just overall something about it isn't really doing it for me i'm glad to see she's getting a chance i'm glad that they're trying to build someone new because for years now the the thing has been they've been so over overly reliant on lynch uh charlotte flair uh and Bailey. So by trying to develop someone else, and we've seen that with Dr. Blair, but you know, it can't hurt to try and establish somebody new. But this just I don't know, just the, the delivery is a little cheesy, the, the lines aren't like aren't quite doing it for me, and, and that's kind of hurting this this feud for me. As as good as the match last week was, as good as I'm sure it will be at day one. I'm not enjoying this as much as I would have hoped that I would. Uh, that's kind of where I where I'm uh, coming off on it. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that this is the right direction because it, it felt like too much of a of a play off of last week's ending where they showed that girl on the screen. And and I, I don't know. I feel like we've seen this before with other people talking about, like, I'm doing this for, the, you know, uh, the girls that can't. They don't have a voice or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I think we we've seen this before. Um, I want I want to say when Alexa Bliss was a face, she kind of did this whole shtick. Um, but if not her, uh, certainly uh, 
it could be argued that Bianca did this when when she first won, but yeah, I think that was a little different and, and a little bit oh, yes. more well executed than it is here. Uh, I don't like the direction they're going with this. Basically, trying to make live this extreme underdog with no chance that eventually defies the odds like everybody else does. It's becoming very predictable. It's only a matter of time. Does this happen at day one? Does this happen at the Royal Rumble? Or does it keep getting pushed out? That's that's the question. Uh, we had one comment here saying, uh, Eddie, Eddie Zahari, now he's citing Dave Meltzer, a guy that uh, is a very divisive figure in the wrestling news world. Uh, but some, some, sometimes he, he is you know, obviously on the money. Uh, but citing this one report from Meltzer saying that Liv Morgan will potentially win the title one day. Uh, I will. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm reading that correctly. Meaning she'll win it at some point during this feud, not at day one. Um, I mean, yeah. Like I, I feel like what you were saying, John, that this whole point of her being an underdog here, uh, you know, uh, it, that that would be the the clear outcome and, and you know, pretty clear reason to do that. Is fits is I ho- honestly in a way in a way we talked about last year. You were saying you hoped it would be at a bigger platform. For me, it's like it's in some ways. If you're gonna do it, just do it and like kind of roll with it and, and see how it goes. Like I, I don't want this to kind of drag on, let alone all the way to WrestleMania. Uh, even then, Royal Rumble was a while away. Um, again, if they can build her up a little better here, a little stronger in some ways, I might be a little more on board. But it's not quite clicking for me. Uh, one thing that a lot of people just seem to enjoy tonight. Eddie's already saying last week we saw Angry Live Girl. Uh, uh, tonight we saw angry Becky girl. I thought this fan was a plant. Liv was cutting her promo and there's this fan behind her. And I, I kid you not. I, I, she was very much in, in the frame with Liv Morgan. And I thought it was angry Liv girl, like dressed in Becky Lynch stuff. And they somehow like got her as a plant. And I realized that sounds crazy, but I just like something about it. They, they look kind of similar. And then I'm like, I thought they're going to try and make that part of the storyline. This fan was very, but I guess not. They it was, if, if that was the case, I think they would have, made it a thing in, in terms of the promo but now this fan was you know very clearly uh pro t- pro becky lynch here and, and not so much real of morgan uh but at that, that point i was saying as, as you said john she's like you know doing it for the fans and doing it for all the little girls out there you know uh again they, they do have two weeks I, I hope they can make make some progress on this turnaround a little bit but so far uh I've been a little, I didn't want to like come out and say, oh, I don't like this way off the start. But like now we're sitting here a couple weeks in. I'm like, I don't, not quite doing it for me. And again, glad to still have gotten that shot, but not really digging the the specifics of how it's going down here. Uh, kind of likewise, one thing I've been enjoying, but not in a specific, specific sense. Tonight we had Ms. TV with Ms. and Maurice building up the match between Ms. and Edge for day one as well. And this was kind of in line with last week where I thought the first week was a pretty strong kind of promo exchange last week, a little lesser than and this week, just like just didn't quite do it for me. Like there was, I will say I really, I did like uh, Miz had this very, very convincing hall of fame video package to the point that I actually thought it was real because the heel, the heel that gave himself the, the hall of fame graphic and they played the music. And I was like, wait, like, is this a thing? Like, is he what? And, and I realized, like, no, no, I don't, I don't think they'll they do it like that. Cause it was very clearly like a, you know, kind of corny, kind of like like you know, like uh, satire. Yeah, and it was kind of like the uh, on the road to WrestleMania, Seth Rollins had this like PSA against Cesaro that aired on SmackDown, like very like uh, 
paid programming in a, in a sense. I don't know. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I fell for it. I, in a way, I was like, oh, I, is they, they going to do this? Like, all right. Like, he deserves it. And that's Chris saying that, or no, sorry, Dave, uh, David Ackman saying Miz does deserve it for Hall of Fame, DJ agreeing. But if they were going to do this, I think they would do it in a more traditional, legitimate way. Like, actually say, hey, Miz is going to be on uh, in the Hall of Fame. And, and even, I think it was the WWE on Fox Twitter account or something like that. Um, took a screen grab and said, had Mrs. Land like really like so that was it was clearly clearly a bit but uh, the one the day it does come he'll deserve it and then that that well, was the whole point of this uh, of, of of the segment tonight where uh, he was saying he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame alongside Maurice and Edge pretty much disagreed where where he said like you still have a lot to learn I'm going to teach you that all these things. And just the, the, the something about it, like I it rubbed me the wrong way, rubbed me the wrong way right off the bat because Edge comes out and he said the squeak of wheel doesn't always get the grease; it just squeaks and squeaks. And he said it over and over and over and over again. I was like, I I love Edge, I love him so much. But sometimes, like when he's trying a little too hard as a face, like it just takes me out of it a little bit. Um, there are times when he has great face promos, but there are times where like Stazzy would do it. He called Miz, I think, a jack off tonight. I was like, all right, like. <laughs> All right. Um, that's the thing. She liked that. Hey, uh, we had this talk last week on, on, on the XC show. Like, if you like something and I don't, that like, I you're you're more than more than uh, entitled to that. More than welcome to that. That's not a problem at all. But for me, this didn't quite do it for me, and it's unfortunate because I am very much uh, excited about this match. But I'm not excited. And I tweeted about this. I'm not excited about two more weeks of this because, like, two weeks in a row haven't really. Hasn't really sold me on it, and now we have two more weeks of this. Uh, we did see Maurice was back tonight. I think she she was uh, absent last week, um, so I and I tweeted about this as well. Glad to see her back. I think she and Miz are great together. Um, and maybe you know one one notable outcome of this, Miz uh, sorry Maurice slapped the Miz after the segment when uh, Miz pulled Maurice in front of him so that Edge uh, would be able to spear him, and then he attacked he attacked Edge. Miz was upset, slapped him, and walked away. So possibly some trouble in paradise there. DJ calling out the slap heard around the world. John, lots to dig into. What do you think about all of this kind of stuff? Well, the slap didn't really make sense to me. I'm not sure why they would want to tease tension there, especially with the rumblings that they would potentially introduce at Phoenix into the story. So I'm not sure what where they're going there. I'll give it a little bit to unfold. Uh, as far as the, the whole thing with um, Edge kind of doing this, Ace thing where he's like really, really trying to make it a point that the Miz is annoying and nobody cares. Uh, it feels like for the last couple of weeks it's been kind of the same repetitive promos, just with different words coming out. Uh, it, it seems to be all boiling down to the Miz thinking he's all that in a cup of tea, but Edge saying, you know, if you actually want to be that, you don't demand it, you don't say you are, you just earn it, and you just are. So I I don't really know what what to expect here. Uh, Edge is an overwhelming favorite, and I think for good reason. I don't think the Miz is going to win. Uh, I'm still in that boat though of what, what Edge has been winning and winning and winning. Is he maybe in line for a title match? I mean, I, I really do not want to see Edge in the Royal Rumble. I don't want to see Edge win the Royal Rumble. Uh, there's got to be a better way to put him into kind of a, a meaningful title feud or something along the lines of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the short term, you know, that's just saying the slap wasn't expected, and that does kind of add some uncertainty to where we're going here with, you mentioned a minute ago, Brian Everett also saying, you know, the clear kind of direction at some point would be Ms. Marie's versus uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix having this kind of 
tension with Ms. Maurice already uh, kind of adds a little murkiness to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, for Edge, I, I, I would agree. I, I don't think as much as I like him, I don't think he needs to win the Rumble three years in a row. Um, so, and I think he's, he's uh, as much as I don't usually like this kind of thing, he's very much at the place where, where come like February, he could easily just say, hey, I, I want I want a title shot. And, and kind of assuming he's got some wins to kind of go off of, can kind of like talk his way into it essentially, or or, or win a number of contenders match, depending how the War Rumble and such things go. Um, but yeah, I would say he's probably the, the logical pick to win at day one. Uh, kind of for that very reason. So then come the later in the road to WrestleMania, he can easily slide in somewhere. Talk about last week, maybe he'll face AJ Styles. So if he doesn't uh, have a title match, I think that'd be a great kind of contingency plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, the, the woman's title thing here, hopefully we have a little more success and a little more kind of just quality in, in, in the build here in the next two weeks. And this does kind of feel in a way like it won't be a one-off. Maybe we talked about it last week, maybe we'll do the, the mixed tag at Royal Rumble. I think that would be something that would make some sense. But um, yeah, I, I not not 100% on board with it so far, as much as I'm looking forward to the match itself, uh, hoping for better here moving forward. Uh, kind of likewise, something that um, not all, well, maybe not, I'm not on board with anyway, but and and one better for we had a, yet another segment was Austin Austin Theory and Vince McMahon tonight, and boy this one was this one was something. Uh, Vince McMahon said on WWE TV that he doesn't have friends and he doesn't want friends, and he also confirmed that he has not been impressed by uh, Austin Theory so far. Wanting wanting him to go out and impress him even more, possibly by getting what he said for some like getting get him a doily with his autograph on it. I I I don't I don't know. Um, and Austin Theory wound up trying to impress him by attacking Finn Balor again. Talk about that match in a minute. But this is weird, John. This was like just I don't know. Some get like I, I, this is my my catchphrase for tonight. I I don't know. Like this is just, like didn't do it for me. Um, feels like not the best use for Vince McMahon specifically when you have that that popular of a character to be out there talking about autographs with doilies and and I mean the the the, the friends line was kind of funny, but not. In a not so much a funny haha, even more in a funny like uh, someone tweeted like I feel like that's the most honest thing Vince Vince has said on WWE TV, if if ever at least in years. Um, but what, what do you think about this continuing saga with Vince and Austin Theory? And you can start to break down what Austin did wind up uh, wind up wind up doing to try and get on Vince's good side. Yeah, so Austin Theory decided to uh, earlier in the night uh attack Finn Balor again, take a selfie, distract him, cause him to lose, say he did not expect the unexpected. Uh side note here, uh, I do fully think that Austin Theory is probably the next United States champion. I do think he will be feuding with Damian Priest. I do think he will somehow get the upper hand and win that after tonight. I think it makes perfect sense. As far as the backstage segments and all that stuff goes, I don't really get the point. I know it's going somewhere, but I don't think we hope going somewhere and i do think it is going somewhere especially since uh, they do have vince in this but i have no idea where it could even be going at all yeah and and that's kind of the problem it's like kind of hard to tell where it's gonna go uh, aside from the vincing tonight i thought in some ways there might be some appeal to having uh steven chambers mentioning here this triple threat with uh theory finn Balor, and priest for the title with with the prediction that theory would win there's something kind of to me appealing about Maybe theory winning that uh, winning that match at day one, literally the day one 
of the new year, day one, quote unquote, of Theory is Real kind of reign uh, as a champion here and and WWE on on Raw. Kind of like that idea, uh, but maybe in a more general sense, Eddie Zahari saying that Theory will win some gold next year. Maybe be the Iron Man in the end of our Rumble, maybe not winning it, but having a good performance. I think that's fair. Uh, or even if not the Iron Man, I would think he will have a good performance because he's just been booked relatively strongly, especially in the sense that they've made it clear that they are high on him. And that's what uh, Brian Everett saying Vince seems to be high on theory. And we were continuing seeing that play out. And maybe for that reason, with that in mind, DJ wondering, uh, could we see WWE bringing back the corporation, having Vince help theory win a championship, much like we saw back in the day, was that same stable? I mean, this is something that I've thought about kind of over the years that like, it makes sense to do something like this. We've, and we've seen Vince, you know, at, be the evil authority figure before. So maybe not retreading on that so much, but maybe it's just something kind of similar somehow. Um, I mean, on paper, I think it makes sense. And I like it as from a, from a fantasy booking perspective. Do I think that actually would do it? I don't know. I, Cause I think with that, maybe uh, to me, there's almost too much of a risk of just kind of retreading the same ground. So uh, they already are establishing uh, Adam Pierce and Son Deville as these, you know, clear authority figures. Although they did reference very clearly a higher power on SmackDown. I think it was last week. So could that be Vince? Maybe. I don't know who else it would be. But um, John, what do you think? Would at least in terms of theory winning a title and maybe his, yeah, at least his short-term prospects? Uh, I think it would be fine. I think he's proven that he's capable. I mean, he's been a, a staple in the top. 15 top 12 in our rankings for a couple of weeks now so if you're, if you're in the top 10 top 15 i'd say you've got a pretty good spot in the company uh, of course you get the vince mcmahon rub at the same time so i, I don't i don't think it can hurt it's a good it's a good rub to have you know maybe maybe even the best one so uh again he's being set up for success here and that's good for him and it's good yet again to, for, to see new people getting built up um I would say with, with some success, I think for, ironically, even though some of these segments haven't really been working, some of them have been, have been fun. Um, and again, there's just, there is that inherent rub anyway. It's almost like no matter what the booking is, he's literally on TV with Vince McMahon. So that makes him feel more important and that it's like a self kind of fulfilling thing where it's like, it's, it, it's making him seem even more important and that's helping him uh, kind of rise up the ranks around Raw. So it's, it's, in that sense, it's a win-win. Uh, someone else who enjoyed a win on Monday night was Dana Brooke, who uh, emerged still with the 24-7 title around her waist. Uh, tonight we had uh, a more, if not unusual, more more of a return to some of the, the more off-the-wall kind of segments here. Uh, Dana Brooke, the 24-7 champion, was out, out in the park somewhere, while presumably Minneapolis walking with, uh, with, with, with Reggie. He was offering to give her some advice about how to keep the championship. And R-Truth and Akira Tozawa were on a standing nearby with uh, Akira wearing a, a, sno a snowman mascot outfit of some sort and R-Truth wearing a ghillie suit. They're trying to ha hatch a scheme to win the title. And then Tamita was also there trying to uh, supposedly part of the scheme. None of them managed to pin Dana Brooke. Dana got away. Reggie flipped over a pile of snow and Tamita was upset uh, about the plan not going accordingly. I don't know. Uh, Nestor commenting with a smile, happy that uh, Dana Brooke kept the title here. I don't know. It's just like at some point, I, I, it wasn't this specific segment, but at some point, I was just like, "How long can this go?" Like, it's the, I think we're past the glory days of the title itself. Just like in anything else nowadays, it's like 
not great. I don't know. Uh, may, may, unless they find ways to like make it more entertaining. I mean, once you've had the peak of, of Maria Canellas Bennett winning the title and the guy in the college's office, John, I don't know how much higher you can go. Oh boy. I don't think it's, um, it's not fun. It's not entertaining anymore. It's pretty stupid. And, and we, you say that, and I, and I agree. Even with, we have seen plenty of stupid things. This isn't, this isn't the most stupid. And that's just saying it's fun. And I know plenty of people are enjoying it. I thought it was fun when, when Reggie was just doing flips for, for flips' sake, and I, you know, just to get those TikTok numbers up, as we were talking about a little while ago. But, um, you know, uh, the one plus side, Dana Brooke get, is getting to be on TV every week. Now, Tamina was on TV here as well. Stephen Chambers saying for Tamina not getting the win here. Um, it is weird. It's not just saying that, that Reggie didn't try to get the title. And she mentioned in another comment, maybe they're trying to set up a romance of some sort. He, he offered a teacher the ways of the 24 title over a cup of hot chocolate. So there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Luke got to start bring, bringing the NXT spirit here, saying that Data's bringing in that 65-plus holiday spirit rating. Oh, boy. Uh, can't escape it. Can't escape it. But... Um, I, that that this is more what I meant from Stephen Chambers. It's it's the same thing. It's like, especially specifically with Reggie, uh, sorry, with R Truth and, and Akira Tozawa, they're like getting each other's way, and and the plans are going accordingly, and and they're they're yelling like, no you, no you, like, I don't know. Someone somewhere thinks it's like, and and the uh, and the creative team thinks it's funny, and that's why it's still getting tried out here every week. It's not doing it for me, and that's fine, but. You know, uh, hopefully we get maybe something fun. Maybe maybe something fun. Uh, what? Ne- maybe if not next week, maybe the one after that. Some fun like Santa <laughs> Santa theme thing. You know, just if they make, if they can make it fun, that's fine. But when it's not fun, not so much on board with it. Speaking of which, John, uh, something that is fun sometimes and and not so fun other times. RK Bro, RK Bro uh, was supposed to find out uh, who they'd be facing for the the Raw Tag Team Titles presumably next week in the finals of the RK Bronin, but shortly before the show tonight, the two teams uh, scheduled to be in action. Uh, the Mysterious and Street Profits were pulled, pulled from action. They were reportedly, they suffered some injuries and they, the match got postponed, not to next week, but two weeks from now. Not sure what injuries they, they, they sustained, but all we do know is that the match will be going down, at least sitting here today, two weeks from tonight. So, um, I don't know. It, to me, it was weird that this was the only match advertised actually ahead of time. So once the, once that happened, I was like, "Where what where, where are we going tonight?" I I have no idea what to expect. Because other than that, the only thing they had advertised was Bobby Lashley merely talking about what he did last week. So that that lent a very unpredictable, to say the least, feeling for Raw. Uh, but RK Bar was on the show. Unlike Mysterious and the Street Profits, uh, they were on the show. They had a pretty lengthy tape segment where um, Randy was was referencing Riddle being um, backstage with the, the the members of Jackass, and he referenced a uh, Riddle, Riddle referenced his role as the shaman. He suggested he suggested they should start a podcast together. Don't know if anyone wants to see that, <laughs> but I don't know. This is one of those weeks that more than anything it was just too long. It felt like it was like a solid two to three minute segment. I was like. As I said it last week, they're best in small doses. Like when you want to just kind of like have them go on and on, not the best look for me. Uh, but something, someone who had a good look tonight was Otis. Otis beat Riddle. And I, I, this is weird for me. My, my own perception was reality because I, I was like, 
Otis won, and, and I, I thought, hey, it feels like Riddle never wins singles matches anymore. And I looked it up, and he's actually been winning them lately. But I, just, I, feel, I have this memory that he like he was on a losing streak for a while. Uh, but I looked it up, he beat Dolph Ziggler, he beat somebody else um, in pretty recent memory. So maybe that was just my own my own brain getting in the way. But Otis with a big win, so I would expect to see uh, American Alpha facing RK Bro, even though that even though American Alpha, Alpha lost Academy. Oh my gosh! You're, you're, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, you know, oh boy. Yes, Alpha Academy. Chad, Chad Gable, the with his master's degree. But this is weird because Alpha Academy, uh, they lost the first round of the RK Bronament. So <laughs> this is a little weird because like they lost in the tournament, but they beat. Well, not granted, it was a singles match, but something about that didn't quite add up. Nesha saying she was surprised uh, that Riddle lost. And DJ even going so far to predict that the, the Alpha Academy will be the next Titan champions. But in the meantime, supposedly, once we do have the finals of the RK Bronament, uh, it is hard predicting, seemingly, that the Mysterios will win that. Um, actually, no, sorry, I was saying we're going to see that they're going to win the tournament face uh, RK Bro at day one. And, and per his prediction, we'll see Dominic maybe turn on Ray at the pay per view. Could happen. Um, Grant, thank you. we've been talking about kind of the the, the moving chairs here and the tag division. Uh, we saw a perhaps reconciliation between AJ Styles and Almost tonight, where they are back on the same page. So I feel like they might kind of move forward with one of the the big splits here. One of those being uh, potentially the Mysterios. So I think that could happen here uh, with potentially the pencil for a tag title match next week, uh, as Stephen Chambers predicting as well. John, lots of moving parts here. What are you thinking about RK Bro? Their lack of a clear, clear, clear contender right now, but possibly uh, Alpha Academy, and then the eventual finals of the Arcade Tournament down the road, not too long from now. Oh, it's all a jumbled mess right now. I'm not sure exactly. Um, you know, and I agree, Lou comments. You know, RK Bro is going to be breaking up early next year, and we're going to get Orbital Mania. I absolutely think that's probably what we're getting. Uh, who's I would assume Orton will be the heel. It would make more sense that way, but. How we get to that point and who takes over their spot remains to be seen because I also think the Mysterios are also going to split up, which leaves little to no teams. Because I also think AJ Styles and Omos are going to split up. Right. That literally leaves the Dirty Dogs and Tree Profits and uh, Gable and Otis, and that's pretty much it in the tag uh, scene there. So uh, I would be I'd, I'd be okay if it was uh, you know kind of that team of Otis and, and Gable taking titles there. Yeah. You know, you mentioned, uh, and we talked about this before, but especially they're, they're at least teasing to some degree, uh, you know, three splits of the top three teams here as that, that would leave really street profits off the Academy. And that's just about it. So, you know, I, I, again, we saw kind of this, this brief reconciliation or at least, my, that's my project, projection, but they did seemingly uh, have the kind of a reconciliation of, of styles and almost sets. Maybe they're going to be doing that a little bit. Michael Company pointing out they do have Paul Cruz and Commander Aziz. We have seen them team up sometimes. They might, or maybe they should even, you know, uh, utilize them a little more, especially with a lack of depth here. Um, but Steve Chambers pointing out they might have a lot of tag teams split up with the ones we're just talking about, maybe after Royal Rumble. So, uh, with that in mind, again, maybe they, sh they should use uh, Cruz and Aziz more. Um, 
At this point, though, it feels like Nesh is saying Dirty Dogs could be the next champions. That'd be a nice twist. We saw them pick up a big win over Priest and Bauer tonight. Again, due to Austin Theory's interference, DJ is asking about that. I mean, I they booked this match, um, or they announced it during the show tonight, and I more so thought this would be set up for uh, Priest versus Bauer for the U.S. title. Not so much with the Dirty Dogs winning and uh, furthering the Austin Theory thing. And granted, that made sense, too. Uh, and it's, I guess, good to build up teams that you do have. But, um, yeah, good, good for Dirty Dogs. I, I maintain they deserve better, but I'm glad they get them seeing pick up a win here. And I'd be fine with them getting another, another title reign, especially with the the kind of, again, lack of depth, depth we've been talking about. Um, DJ out wondering if they're going to make a team out of Priest and Balor. No, I, I wouldn't necessarily think so. I think they are going to need to make some kind of random, random teams to kind of make up for this. But, uh I'm, this was more of a, to me, a kind of a, a circumstantial thing of like Priest needed a quote unquote a friend to team up uh, for Dirty, Dirty Dogs because they attacked him last week. So um, could happen. I feel like it's not necessarily likely though. Um, but speaking of the tag, tag team divisions uh, and on Raw here, we did see some, um, well, we, we saw something in, in, the, in the women's tag team division. We had uh, Ray Ripley and Nikki ASH backstage. And this was the first time in a couple weeks that I've actually enjoyed subject with uh, Rhea and Nikki, no knock on them at all. Again, that it comes down to the booking. I just think they've been handled pretty poorly. And tonight, actually, you know, Nikki was very, very upset that they lost the titles, that she's been on this cold streak. And uh, Rhea had to kind of had to, had to snap her out of it and say, like, hey, you beat Charlotte Flair. And basically saying she wants all, the old Nikki back. And that's what, that's what many people, many fans have been saying for some time now. So I, to have that, you know, kind of be part of the storyline made sense. Um, so I, I like that there, that you know, that, that logical kind of progression of, of Nikki being upset, Rhea trying to kind of uh, build her back up. Their team makes sense. Uh, sidebar with Luke wondering: It's been six months. Why, why is she still almost a superhero? Working maybe, on it. Working on it. Maybe it's a four-year degree. I don't know, but uh, yeah. And then this turned into Ray Ripley facing Zelina Vega, uh, the Queen, and one half of the Women's Tag Team Champions. Carmella came out and did a. a a heel version of the Kobe Kingston, hear ye, hear ye, here comes, in this case, the queen. Uh, pretty typ uh, typical stuff here, doesn't really much to note. What was noteworthy in its uh, brevity was Lena Vega pinning Ray Ripley in 38 seconds. I, I think it was th 38. Or th 30, 30, I think it was 33 or 30 or something like that, but yeah. It was a very short match. Uh, that much we can, we, we is, is a, just a fact. Uh, I, whatever the specific number was, ridiculously short. Like, like, and I tweet about it when it happened. Diva's era level short of just like match starts, 30 seconds. Somehow Ray Ripley gets accidentally distracted by Nikki ASH. So the cold streak continues. Man, I just, I don't know. I, I If you're going to do this kind of thing of where they're going to have a couple comments uh, predicting that Ray, Ray Ripley will turn heel, um, with Eddie predicting that specifically here. Um, doesn't need to be a 30-second match. I, I thought they deserved a little longer than this, especially, John, this show, they had nothing advertised. And you, you, you can tell, you can tell, like, so many video packages, so I think I, many people see, uh, picked up on this. It felt like even more commercials than usual, more video packages, recaps, and uh, the video packages were, were longer than usual. Surely, somewhere along the way, they could have found an extra, even just five minutes, just, like, to give them some time. Uh, and again, even if the outcome remains the same of Rhea returning heel, 
I think that'd be even better to have her actually have a match here and to go set that up like that. But not not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of um, you know, just 30 seconds again. We're very much back to that the the same uh talk we're having with the, the Queen's Crown thing of just like these um wrongfully short matches. I just think it's a it's a bad look for everyone involved. And I I I want better for for Raw, for WWE, for the one position, and hopefully we'll get more of that moving forward. Maybe part of that will be with Ray Ripley as a heel, as Stephen Chambers predicting. I think that'd be good to see. But what do you think that the direction we're going would be Ray turning on Nikki or, or vice versa? What do you think that some of this nice chance we might see that it go the other way? It's definitely one or the other. Uh, part of me thinks that Nikki would have to be the one to turn if she's going to drop this whole almost a superhero gimmick. But as far as what I think is the most realistic, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, I think at least for now, um, it feels like they're pretty determined to keep her on with the, the Nikki superhero thing because it's a, one of those characters that's like practically meant for for kids, for for, for merchandise, for, for whatever. And, and I, I don't think they're going to want to pull the plug on that too, too soon. Uh, Grand, again, I, I don't think it's quite been working as well as anyone might have hoped. But I think they're gonna. They might try and kind of milk milk that cow as long as possibly can. Uh, speaking of the gimmick, but um, and and it, I think there's some truth in saying that Raya has enjoyed more success as a heel. Uh, with Brian saying bring back the old Raya from NXT UK, um, and again she's been both face and heel at various points, and I think she's enjoyed some successes both. But uh, I think something needs to change here. So um, and I imagine based on what we saw tonight, that 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 would be for that reason. So. Hopefully, we'll, hopefully we're, we won't wait too, too long for that. But uh, one thing that was a, a positive, uh, among others, Dewdrop, A, getting new theme music, and B, on the flip side of this match, this this match of uh, Bianca Blair actually got time uh, with, um, oh, I was saying it was it got 10 minutes, roughly 10 minutes here. Yes, it was actually, this match got time um, as, as it should. This is a rivalry match. This is a rematch after Dewdrop got counted out last week. I thought this was very, very good. Dewdrop came out with new theme music that's actually meant for a heel. Uh, we've been saying for weeks that it made zero sense to have uh, Dewdrop, the, the newly turned heel, keeping the, the theme song of a bubbly babyface. DJ pointing out, no more spirit fingers. Yes, this is good. I was happy to see this. Um, and kind of maybe for that reason, I, I entered this match a little more, I don't know, a little, little more receptive. So uh, a, little, a little less turned off to the character itself. So then I was like, oh, hey, she's actually having a good match. And I, I came out of it feeling pretty good. Uh, she lost. Bianca Blair broke out an, an awesome 450 splash. That was pretty cool. She won the match like that. Uh, but I thought Dujop looked great. But then, John, Dujop like teleported after the match. Bianca Blair walked up the ramp and the camera was zoomed in on her. And somehow, Dujop got from the ring to to behind where Blair was and attacked her. So, so well, however she did that, the, the, the feud is clearly uh, moving forward here. With at least at this point, maybe a match day one being the the, the likely. Belair will win like she has every other time. Would seem to be the case. Maybe they'll do a some kind of tag team match uh, of some sort next week or the one after that. Would to give do drop a win in this? But yeah, I, I think kind of like we were talking about earlier with the Edge and the Miz, it, this would feel like uh, this feud in general might be kind of. Really, it's just a main way to kind of give Baylor something to do and to uh, to, to uh, come out of it with a win to eventually challenge their title again. DJ joking that Dewdrop got cloned again. I was kind of freaked out. Like she was in the ring and she she winds up behind Belair 
And I like, I don't know, I don't know how she did that, but kudos to her or the production team at least for, for pulling that off because it, it looked um looked, it was a bit of an interesting effect like that. But um that being said, I'm trying to look at other notes here, got the 24 7 thing, live. I mean, oh, one one thing that's not too much to, to really write home about, but a brief appearance from uh, Gable Stevenson, the the Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson, who got drafted to Raw, was in the front row. He, of course, the show was in Minneapolis tonight. It was in the University of Minnesota. So you're the hometown guy was in town. Uh, yeah. And, and beyond just being in the front row, he, he fist bumped with Bobby Lashley. So a little, little, little tease there. Maybe a little, little uh, planted some, planted some breadcrumbs for the, when the day does come. The Gable Stevenson is on Raw. Maybe he does have a potential ally of, of some sort there. But um, you know, uh, at least it was good that they kind of had to, to do with that. But one other thing I do want to mention here, uh, DJ pointed this out. Uh, he tweeted, tweeted about it a little bit, and I looked it up. So someone had shared a picture about um, a lot of empty seats at Raw. Uh, I'm not sure when the picture was shared, or let alone when it was taken, but it, the picture did show a lot of empty seats. And I looked it up, at least of yesterday, the uh, percentage of tickets sold for the show tonight uh, for Monday Night Raw was 70, 73%, which would mean 4,627 out of a total, 6,298, and that is from WrestleTix on Twitter. Definitely recommend following them if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so maybe just it's, a, you know, again, a maybe maybe the the picture was taken before the fans were entirely filled in. B maybe the attendance was down in general, and he's asking for the weather to play a factor there. Could be, you know, things things happened, or it could have been a down night. I I don't know, but again, I I read that honestly, and I like if it's seventy three percent, and that was yesterday, so I imagine they may have sold some more tickets today. It's not that's not bad, you know, it's not bad by any means. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't have really much to say about that. You know, it's just, and I don't, I don't think I even really noticed. Like the crowd seemed fine, but and also for for to be fair, it is hard to point out. It could be we might be seeing part of a pandemic effect playing an effect here of you know things might be ramping up a little bit, and some fans may not want to go. Um, DJ pointing out the the picture was uh, tweeted out an hour after he sent it to me, or uh, previously previously from when he sent it to me. So. Supposedly, it was like taken during the show. I don't know. Again, I'm not reporting on this officially. I'm saying that, that those are the numbers that I saw yesterday. Or saw from the tweet yesterday. Would assume they went up today. Um, and uh, Brian ever pointing out that we always tarps off some fans. So that's just a, that's a regular thing, John. I'm sure you, you can attest to that. But uh, do you make make anything of this? Uh, of you know, no. People would just like to make comparisons and crap on the product and say, oh. They the hard cam side was tarped off. It's always like that. I was at a I was at a show in Baltimore. I was at a show in Wilkes-Barre the last couple of months. They always tarp off that side if the seats don't sell. It's nothing new. The attendance tonight was on average on par with, with what what it's been for most of their shows. Uh, I don't really understand why people take it out of context this much. Of course, um, you know it gets people talking or whatever, but uh, we'll see. Uh, the, the the SmackDowns in Philly and LA over the past two months, each had well over ten thousand. It really depends what market they're in. It, it, it doesn't. It, it does have something to do with the product, but it also has more to do with where the event is at. Uh, if you try to do a Raw in middle of nowhere, Iowa, you're going to get nobody. 
if you try to do raw in LA or Chicago or New York city, you're going to get eight to 10,000. This is how it is. So, yeah. uh, SmackDown, obviously in Chicago this Friday, they've, they've, are, they're approaching, I believe a little over 9,000. It'll put it in the top, I believe top 20 since they started pouring again. Yeah. Just depends yeah. where they're at. And uh, I'd be pointing out that the day one ticket sales, the pay per view on New Year's Day, they are they're trending in the right direction. They do they're doing very well. They're uh, he says they're up about eighty percent capacity after they announced officially announced Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Um, I was sitting here doing the Raw show, but and I, I admittedly for me at least like to me the ticket sales for the the pay per views are really what matters. It's like you can have some down weeks, especially for the for Raws, for for the SmackDowns, let alone for for non televised events. But the the pay per views are like kind of to me a real uh, barometer in some ways of uh, where the business is at. So if the, even if even if tonight was a down night for attendance, like and again we're talking about the what, what market it's in. We're talking about the uh, uh, Dave mentioned the weather. Uh, Nesh should point out maybe it's the holiday season having an effect. There are so many external factors that you never even know. Um, so that uh, again, I'm business probably just, just fine. Their W's just fine. Everything's fine. Um, but one thing I did we mentioned Keppel Stevenson. One other thing to note was that as part of that, they officially on TV announced the the NIL class of, of amateur athletes. If you haven't already uh, read about that, make sure to look that up. It's all we we wrote about on Russell Zone. It's a whole list of the fir- the first class of NIL athletes that uh, could be a, a very kind of. Um, I don't want to say transformational, but a very significant moment in WWE history when, like, they're officially like trying to really groom these uh, amateur athletes to become WWE superstars down the road. What and while they've obviously signed plenty of uh, former athletes in the past and all that kind of stuff, it is definitely new that they're like more uh, in connection with these with these athletes when they're still in school. So if you haven't looked it up, definitely you know make sure to uh, look look into that. And that's point out there's a set of female twins. Don't know the name off the top of my head, but uh, I've seen some reports that they're being compared to the to the Bella twins already. Don't that's a high bar to live up to, but. Who knows, because right? they have 3.5 million followers on TikTok, and they are um, being obviously commented on for their looks as well. So, I mean, we'll see if it ends up working out. That's exactly what Eddie's saying. It's the Cavenders. Three twins? million, not three hundred thousand. Eddie, it's three point five million. That's crazy, boy. Um, so they seem to be kind of maybe uh, definitely two people to look out for among that class. I'm sure all those athletes are very talented. So, um, you know, open to see how they continue to grow quick. Another side of my here of Deidre pointing out a wrestling piece, wrestling icon, Jimmy rave, a former ring of honor star, former TNA star. Uh, he competed all over the world. A very tragic story. He battled, um, very drug, pro- drug, drug, uh, substance, substance abuse and all the other things. Um, a very, very sad story. He passed away. I think, um, I'm not sure if yesterday or today, but the news came out today. Um, so obviously very, very much um, sending our condolences to his family, the, his loved ones uh, during a very rough time. Um, I've seen it's just very, very sad, you know, and uh, if, you have, if you're not familiar with his work uh, and if you feel inclined to do so, look it up. He had great, great runs in Ring of Honor and just all over the wrestling world. And uh, if you follow, if you're, if you're kind of plugged into wrestling Twitter, he just got a lot of outpouring of support from, uh, various people in the wrestling world, various wrestlers, and all these things. So, I uh, definitely want want to make note of that. But uh, well, well, maybe one last thing. Well, let's go to ratings. And we have a question about the the NIL program, John. What do you think about what do you think about overall overall tonight? 
Oh, I'll go with uh, six and a half out of ten. Just thought it was a little bit below average. Uh, the build wasn't necessarily that great. It got repetitive throughout the night. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric agreeing with the six point five as well, uh, telling us to enjoy wrestling with a smiley face. We appreciate you. Uh, I would go for like a six point three. Uh, not not low enough to be like a. a bad show by any means uh whoa, whoa we got three sevens in a row feels like we are very much in rough agreement uh kind of in the general sense here Nash with a seven steven and uh nisha deli with a seven as well but michael going up with an 8.5 really great show tonight and as i always say if you really enjoy it more power to you like that's great i i want y'all to, to enjoy the show uh even on nights when i don't necessarily agree um know that we're all we're all doing for the wrestling and if you if you're doing that and i'm not like it uh, makes me happier because like well, at least we're trying to talk about it and have a good time in that sense so uh but some some disagreement with well, dj going for as low as a 5.5 we're all giving a three i did a 6.4 uh and um and and that's when we see it yes we have seen worse uh historically you know and 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 even in, in recent memory with the pandemic pandemic era and everything uh and luke chipping and saying it will smack down better out of, out of 10 <laughs> boy uh but hopeful as i saw one of the themes of the night is hopefully we will have better uh next week and the week after that leading up to day one because obviously you want to kind of uh, have a good amount of momentum heading into the pay-per-views one last thing real quick here for all asking us the direction we think w will go with this nil the next in line i forgot that's what the acronym stands for the next in line project of the the amateur athletes do we think it'll go up or down not sure I mean up or down. Do I think it'll be successful if, if, if I'm uh, reading that correctly? I mean, uh, but lastly, not saying 6.1 ducklings, but for the NI, for the NIL program, there is no way to know in terms of like how what, how successful it will be or or what what its potential to really succeed is. Uh, we do know that WWE has has uh, groomed and, and developed plenty of amateur, amateur athletes. Biggie, the literally the WWE champion, was a college football player. So was Roman Reigns. Uh, we see all the time the, these athletes from other walks of life uh, succeed in wrestling. Kurt Angle, cause example, Gail Stevenson is going to be leading the charge there as an amateur athlete uh, making making the switch here. So. Um, I think a lot of people, are, it seems to be a little divisive. Some people are saying that uh, it's seemingly contributing to this idea that WWE is just like this wrestling factory in a sense of like they're taking these people and they're going to they're gonna try and, I don't know, uh, shape them in the mold of what they are wanting and the superstars of today, uh, whereas others are maybe saying, hey, you know, it's, it's good to have uh, these new talents and that's literally take that that raw athletic skill and kind of, the, as I said, take that and mold it into a wrestler or a superstar, sports entertainer, whatever you want to say. I think that the truth somewhere is, is somewhere in between, right? I, I'm someone that I've been, and that to me, that's an extension of the, the NXT 2.0 thing uh, of going away from the independent wrestler to more of the sports entertainer, more of the general kind of other, other, uh product for lack of better words so um i'll be curious to see how it does unfold but uh again the, 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 it does come down to more of a philosophical more general approach of uh, maybe Vince McMahon wanting to build new talent literally from scratch whereas triple h and nxt of old very much was uh, uh developing independent wrestling stars into better stars in 
WWE. Shout out to Nando giving you you and me, me uh, a 9.5 for the night. Nando, we love you. We appreciate your support. But John, do you want to weigh in on the uh, NIL program at all? Based on the very little that we know from here today. I'm willing to give it a try and see if anybody is successful or works out. I think it's a great opportunity for college athletes to pursue a potential path uh, outside of whatever sport they're doing. And of course, it never hurts to beat your competition to doing something like this and trying just to get a heads up. Uh, they are obviously more of sports entertainment, uh, as we've known, compared to the AEW professional wrestling side of it, where it's less less acting, more kind of wrestling, performing type stuff, if you, if you know what I'm getting at. So I think WWE is more of a, of a fit for somebody like a track star, like Bianca Belair, or a football player. It just, it just really depends on what you want to do exactly. That's all there is to it. And likewise, that all, it, all there really is to it is you, you really, none of us will really know until some of these stars literally make it and we see them in the ring and we see how they do grow how they do progress and go from there and that will likely be a fairly if not a long process it's not gonna be overnight so we're gonna it's very much a wait and see kind of thing with that uh but with that being said we had raw tonight uh as always that this is just part of our lineup here john you and i'll be back here tonight for nxt steven getting us the lineup here will be core j versus dakota kai Braun Breaker versus Roderick Strong, Tony D'Angelo versus Chase Hudson, the in-ring debut of Harland, and an Oha's Bar match between Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson. So actually a pretty, pretty good lineup there. So we'll hopefully we'll have a good episode of NXT 2.0. Otherwise, uh, Robert and I won't be here on Friday, but usually we're here for Friday and SmackDown. The two Diamond Dudes on the rampage cover all things AEW. And otherwise, we've got a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you, and I've got a couple in, pipe, in the pipeline myself. So make sure to leave like and subscribe. So that being said, uh, and I'm sorry, if all those are available on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, you know the drill. Let's so make sure you leave like and subscribe. And with that being said, uh, another another wonderfully kind comment from Brian saying you guys are awesome. Love Russell Zone. We appreciate you uh, and Steve saying great show. You know, I again, I try to go on the way here. We really, at least speaking for myself, I'm sure John would agree, we really appreciate you guys' support. You know, it really does mean a lot. You know, we wouldn't be here without you. Uh, it means a lot you're sitting up here quite literally until midnight on Tuesday morning, talking about the wild world of wrestling um, you know, every, every week with us. I mean, it means so much and I really, really appreciate it. We try to help you guys uh, enjoy the wrestling. We try to help you guys, uh, you know, just have a good time talking about the show when it's good, when it's bad or anywhere in between. Uh, speaking of the podcast here, not to bring up poor or poor ring of honor. I talked for an hour about ring of honor yesterday on the podcast. Just talking about uh, final battle and everything. Um, so if you if you're a Ring of Honor fan and want to re reminisce about Ring of Honor and its uncertain future at this point, make sure to check that out as well. Uh, but all these things being equal, all these things and more available on all of our platforms. So that being said, John, whether it's Raw, NXT, SmackDown, AEW, Ring of Honor, whatever it might be, we've got you covered. And in the goal of doing the one thing with you above all others, and can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.